don't do it the first time to be as good as the your best time. Just do the first time enough to get to your best time. And before you know it, it'll be in your body and you won't you won't even think about it anymore. It'll move from from unconscious to subconscious to subconscious and all of a sudden it'll be a reflex. It'll be it, you'll be able to intuitively and dynamically respond in the moment because you're present and you're with people and listening, not in the recent past or the near future. Hello and welcome. This is Brian Delaney with Unlock Potential, where we get together with top experts in their field who have simple, profound advice to help you and I live better lives, to be able to be more fit to serve the people around us and answer that question, the question that nags within all of us, how good can I be and how great can I make it for people around me? There's been a lot that's been said uh, around fixed mindsets versus growth mindsets and uh, proactive versus reactive and um, these different concepts that say that we are not going to be just the sum of our circumstances, right? How do you break out of the sum of your circumstances and the relationships and maybe uh, some foul things that happen to you, maybe some great things that happen to you? People talk about privilege, privilege of one group over another group. And I think when it comes down to it, we have to look at this on an individual level. And that's how I have to look at it. It's like, it starts with me. It's, I think we all, after a certain age, get to the point where we start sounding like our father or mother, right? Oh, that's something your dad would say. Oh, that's something your mom would say. Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this to my son because this is something my dad used to say, right? We are a product of our environments, but that's only one of the ingredients, right? Nate, uh, uh, nature is only going to be one of the elements that forms it. So whatever has caused us to get here is also going to cause us to get there because if it worked before, it's going to work again. So in the book, uh, Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about it. He said, if you want a habit to be a big part of your life, you have to have the cue for that habit as a big part of your environment. Well, why is that? Because environment is is a more powerful uh, device to shape your future than ever. I live uh, on a lot of property in a, in a rural area. That was my experience when I was growing up, right? And I loved it. I loved living in a rural area. My uncle had a house that was in the middle of nowhere. I loved being at his house and it reminded me of some really great times. I didn't purposefully go out and buy my house because I drew that correlation. That was in my subconscious directing my thoughts, right? We get to a point in our life where we're ready to break with some of those associations. Whether it's nature, our environment, again, the most powerful ingredient, nurture, what, what's happened to us, what we've been around, the environment and the relationships and how those have shaped us. We've uh, all heard the saying that your income will be a reflection of the five people who you hang around with the most. So we know that has an impact again, right? And then the last one is choice. So if we look at what shapes every human being, we can pretty much categorize almost every influence in nature, nurture, and choice. So we need all three of those things to change. Okay, if that got us here, it will get us there. So it starts off with nature. What, what are you putting in your environment that is going to cue you to get into an environment you're not sick and tired of 
being sick and tired of, you know, that is actually going to be an environment that's uh, supportive rather than oppressive. And I think that's where everybody needs to start. They need to start looking at their environment. Do they have their environment set up for success? Is the TV readily accessible? Is the phone readily accessible? And then just start in a progressive way over time, moving those things away. As you lose your attachment to things, as things become unimportant, you start doing it. For me, I am still attached to my phone. So while I know my phone needs to be in the other room, it still ends up on my bedside table most nights, right? And so I'm not, I'm not there yet to let go of that. But when I am, that's going to have a big impact. I do drink uh, a, like at least eight to 12 ounces of water first thing, I, uh, first thing when I wake up. I don't eat until about mid-afternoon or early evening on a daily basis. And that's just been progressively moving those things out of my environment because what my mom and dad said early on in my life came true, out of sight, out of mind. And so the things we want to move out of our mind, we have to start with our environment. The second thing we have to do is we have to get around people who are building those habits or who already have those and start to start to see that because the social pressure of being around people who have what you want or who are moving there is going to create a different environment inside of you. Being a part of those different conversations, seeing what those people have in trade for what you have. Uh, I've talked about this before that in order to get something we want that we don't have, we're going to have to give up something we do, we do have. And if you look at the people who are on the journey, don't only take inventory of what they do have or what they do, take inventory of what they don't have or what they don't do, right? Because that's going to help you to understand what is pushing them in that direction and then start replacing things. A lot of people take things away. It's like trying to diet by not eating. You're just going to set yourself up for failure, right? What we have to do is we have to learn how to have different eating habits that are going to support a weight that we want to be at. We have to learn how to have different sleeping habits that are going to support a level of fitness and a feeling that we, that we like, that we, we want more than we want to stay up late or than we want to eat. Uh, the wrong things that are going to taste good when they go in, but feel bad as soon as they go in and make you feel bad for the rest of the day. And so that's where it starts uh, when it comes to that. But I think that if you really want to make a change, you've got to get you've got to get to a point of absolute disgust and be willing to break up with this version of yourself in order to connect with the next possible version. So that's going to take a massive push. So something that I did 60 days in a row, 60 days in a row. I was so tired of not being motivated, having low energy and not being able to focus on the difficult things that I needed to do when I first started my financial services business. I, I said, the problem isn't out here with the things I need to do. The problem is in here. How do I fix what's in here? Because in here, I was my own biggest hater. And I was I, like, if there was somebody who was going to give me a de demotivational speech, a lot of times it was me. So every morning when I woke up, I just did one thing and you've got to make the habit and the environment easy to access. Reach over to my phone, press on button, press play, press play. And I press play on the same stinking audio at the same place for 60 days. And I retrained my brain. I retrained my brain. I brainwashed myself 
into starting to think the thoughts that this audio was saying. And for me, I listened to Zig Ziglar, How to Stay Motivated. And all the same corny jokes at the same corny time. I can't believe I'm listening to this again, but all you got to do is listen, right? That way I could move from being a player in a life I didn't want to a spectator of a life that I did want to a player in a life that I did want, right? And that's the shift that we all have to make. But it's going to take that massive push on the front end. And if it's not fairly passive, you won't complete it. You won't complete it. Or you'll just end up yo-yoing back because you have short time frames. And that's the other agreement that I would make, make with myself. What are the time frames that I'm going to uh, look to accomplish this goal in or look to make these changes in? And are they realistic? Because a lot of times people will treat it They'll, they'll be like, well, I'm going to the beach. I want to lose weight so I can go to the beach. What happens when they get back from the beach? What happens when they're on vacation? I'll tell you what happens for me. A pina colada with a double, <laughs> with a double rum floater, you know, stuff like that, right? And all of a sudden, all the hard work you did, you're undoing it. And then you continue on that path because you're jet lagged when you get back. And it's harder to get back. So you might as well, and right? And so now we, we have negative e equity invested. And, um, there's, there's so much to say on this topic, but understanding timelines is so big. For me, my timelines have grown longer and longer and longer, and my expected process is less but more sustainable. It's gone from working for a living to a life's work. It's gone from, I'm going to do this for 10 years. I'm going to be in this career for 10 years to I'm going to give myself an opportunity to have a 10-year project and reevaluate about eight years in. It's gone from trying to get in shape in six months to having, uh, having more of a fitness lifestyle and just being able to see the patterns over a longer period of time. Because if I'm, if I'm inconsistent in a week, I bet I'm consistent over a month. But if I'm inconsistent in a month, I bet I'm consistent over a year, right? And we have to be able to back up and look at it objectively and just say, okay, so last year I went to the gym eight out of 12 months. This year, can I go nine? Can I go nine out of 12 months rather than going to the gym every day when I, when I only went eight out of 12 months last year, right? Because I'm not looking to make progress for this year and back up. I'm looking to make that progress that's going to last for a lifetime and become a foundation for the life that I want. When it comes to nurture, right? Relationships, relationships. Great business, just like a great life, it's architect, the architecture of that great life or great business is going to be um, the context of right relationship, things being in right relationship with each other. And if I'm growing and somebody in my circle isn't, and I'm depending on them to be, to give me vision, it's, uh, it's not the right relationship. And so somebody who may have been, uh, a, a buddy before that, or a partner before that, or like, uh, been in a, been in my, been in a position where I really admired them may not have a lot of my admiration anymore because I have different goals. And so I have to adjust those I have to adjust my expectations of those people and what role they're going to play in the life that I want. And there are so many limiting beliefs around 
relationships and friends. Well, I don't want, for me, I, I, I love the people who are my life. So I wouldn't want to, I don't want to outgrow them and leave them. Right. And that was my biggest limiting thought right there was what if I change and other people don't come with me? And I was afraid because I really love the people I have in my life and I really appreciate it. And a better thought replace that. What if I don't change and never give them the choice? And I think that for me is part of that nurture being around and challenging myself to ask myself better questions, to just have better questions to be able to approach life. And when I asked myself that question, I said, is it more important for me to give my friends comfort where they are potentially in misery or challenge and an opportunity to change inside of a right relationship that's actually authentic to where we are now, right? And that may mean that you have to reorient relationships. And I think that's a part of every person's journey, but sometimes we don't do that work. And I'm so thankful for the people I've had in my life you know, therapists, coaches, mentors over the years who gave me that perspective and allowed me to demythologize my parents when it was an appropriate time to get to, to move from their everything, right? When we're a children, when we're a child and we're completely dependent on them to their nothing when we're in our adolescence and teen years to They've messed everything up and just be able to take them off that pedestal and just be able to look them in the eyes and change their relationship and say, I respect the hell out of you because you did the best you could with what you had and you did a damn good job at it. And now as a parent, I can see the quandary and the, the problems and all the conflict in order to make this happen. And the fact that you took us from this, this one, like, it was like a one or two bedroom really uh, this house had nothing, right? It, our our best toy was a wiffle ball that was tied to a tree outside that my brother and I would hit at each other. We played tag around the kerosene heaters in the living room and my dad had to re, re, hand redig our septic system, right? To another house that was slightly bigger. And then they gave me a path that showed uh, success. And I, I, I can't thank them enough for that example now because I don't expect everything from them. I expect humanity from them. I expect, I expect us to have a friendship and a mentorship relationship, but I had to take the time to reorient the relationship and acknowledge what's been going on before this, what's going on now, and what I would like our relationship to look like in the future and how that would need to work if we're gonna continue that, right? And that I think that's a work that most people don't do they allow their former relationships to pull them back into who they were when they were in a really close relationship with that person. Just like when you go back to your hometown, right? You go back to your hometown, you act a little bit, your accent gets a little thicker, right? Our, you know, the ways that we behave, the people who we hang out with, the places that we go, we kind of revert back to that. Well, that's how relationships can be for us if we don't do the work to reorient those relationships and set new boundaries and to give just give ourselves a freaking opportunity to get to know this person who is brand new because they've had a whole lifetime of experiences since you've last hung out with them. A lot of bit change, even if you hang out with them all the time, a lot of changes behind the scenes and areas where I used to have confidence. And now I approach it with curiosity and I try to put myself into that position that Peter Crone talks about where the next time you see someone, treat them as if it's the first time you meet them. 
and give them an opportunity to grow in order to create the space in your life and in their mind for you to grow too. So that the relationship doesn't have to be a static thing, just like your mindset doesn't have to be a static thing, just like everything else in us is meant to be growing and flexible and anti-fragile. Whenever I'm trying to build a new habit, I just don't really invest in my downturns. I just invest in the upside and see see how much, how often I can get into that upside activity that's pointing me more in the direction of where I want to go rather than where I have been. And it's got to be worth it. It's got to be worth it. Who are you fighting for? Like, are you fighting for more comfort because you won't do it? Are you fighting for someone else's approval? Still won't do it. Or you'll resent them by the time you're done, Right. But if you're fighting, if you're fighting for the fact, I remember, I remember my life distinctly changed when my son was born. I looked at him and I was like, oh crap, (laughs) I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble because I am willing to do anything for this little person, anything. And when there are certain times in life, when you say things that it's going to look to collect. And there was a point in my life where I, I just looked at myself and I was like, I'm in, I'm in a marriage that's over. It's over at this point. I really, the way that I am, I thought I was good. I always thought I was going to be a great husband and it turned out I wasn't. And I didn't know what to do about it. I thought I was going to be a great dad and it turns out that I wasn't there enough to be a great dad. And I just got to this point where I was like, no, this is not, this is the final freaking straw. And I'm willing to do anything. I'm willing to do anything. Be willing to do anything and do everything until you realize exactly what it's going to take. And then just narrow it down to the most effective pieces. And then when you fall off, when you fall off the train one day, or, you know, you're, you're, you're two weeks in, right? You're like, yeah, looking better, feeling better, having a better time, right? What do we know that is? That's the excitement of being new to something, right? And what you're missing at that point are all the tools that helped you get to that place in life and you haven't replaced those yet. And there's going to be like that dark night of the soul that's about to come where you have to deal with that. And there's going to be a day that comes that's going to be a trigger for that where you don't do the thing that you needed to do. Learn how to say this very powerful statement. Oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow. And then when you get up tomorrow, you do it. You just show up again. The thing that fought against me for so time so much time was I would get so emotionally freaking invested in oh man I've missed a day oh I didn't do it that time this is not perfection like depending on what you believe like unless you believe you're a god that's not a that's not a viable pursuit (laughs) like uh, perfection isn't but can you develop a practice that you do more often than you used to and then more often than not and then seemingly all the time from the outside. And then it just becomes this thing that you can't do without. It becomes a positive addiction that helps you to build things in your life that you want more of and attract more of the things that you want in your life and the things that are going to help you to get to reach that, that pinnacle for which for me, I believe the top of the mountain when it comes to human experience is that idea that where you have success, which is having more, and you have fulfillment, which is needing less, right? And you're, you're able to put those two things together and you have well-being, right? So go through that progression, find your well-being, 
And by the time you get to well-being, you'll realize how much more you could do, how much more ownership you could take, how much more you can lean into difficulty because your capacity will have increased because you gave yourself the time and the intensity to be able to demonstrate to yourself that you're somebody you can count on now and others can too. You're somebody you can believe in and others can too. And you're somebody who can create the things in your life that you really want and other people are starting to recognize that as well and they're going to ask for your help to do it. I, I think when it comes to why do people fall out of habits, it's because life changes and the tool doesn't fit anymore or it was never fully formed. It was a hope more than a habit, right? And I love what Alex Hermosi says um, when he talks about setting a goal is just making an agreement with yourself that you're willing to be miserable in this one part of your life until you achieve whatever you want, right? I, I think that's I think that's really important to understand because most people are like, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. Listen, if you all you ever want is to be happy, you're going to be nothing but freaking sad. You're going to lose your damn mind because you're not meant to just experience one emotion. You're meant to experience all of your emotions in full measure uh, at given the appropriate circumstances, right? If you if you have circumstances that are sad, be sad. Don't fight against that. Grieve feel that like if you have circumstances that way so <laughs> when you felt the full measure and the depth and the heaviness of sadness and grief you can you can experience the full measure of happiness because you know what it's like to be that far down and as long as you don't stay there and swim in it because you're always resisting it what what you resist will persist then you get the you get the upside too you just have to make sure and take the time to celebrate that right? Take that. Just like you took the time to grieve, take the time to celebrate. That's not what most people do. And I'm not sure if it's like Puritan background. For me, it's Irish Catholic. It's like celebrate what you do wrong and hide what you do right. I don't know what the hell that was, but but that's a, a lot of times that's a messaging uh, through what people were demonstrating, uh, through what people were demonstrating. And I, I just think that uh, there's a there's a more complete and whole way to really experience life, and it's going to be a gift to, not only to you but to other people around you when you're able to see yourself as a person that's worth it, that's worth the ups and the downs, that's worth the imperfections, that's worth the false starts and the you know the failures along the way and the broken relationships because you didn't do things right. You'll see that you're worth it. When you say, what happened was not all I have to offer. What happened is just what I had to offer. And you'll realize that you're worth it. And that's going to lead to realizing that other people are worth it. And, and that's that if there's, if there's one people talk about like, uh, you know, should we be on fossil fuels or, or like it should, you know, should we use this renewable energy? It's like the, the most the most underutilized energy in the world right now is the human potential that's locked up in people that they will not or cannot allow out of themselves just because they're afraid of what the first result is going to look like and what that's going to mean about them. And don't do, don't do it the first time to be as good as... The, your best time. Just do the first time enough to get to your best time. 
And before you know it, it'll be in your body and you won't, you won't even think about it anymore. It'll move from, from unconscious to subconscious to subconscious. And all of a sudden it'll be a reflex. It'll be, you'll be able to intuitively and dynamically respond in the moment because you're present and you're with people and listening, not in the recent past or the near future. You're here now and you're, you're able to be with people. And that's, and, and, and you don't have to resist that because you won't be rejected because nobody's here to reject you. If you're looking to start a new habit today, there's a reason for that. There's an outcome that you want that you don't have. So decide what you're willing to give up for it, right? So write down what you want, three to five things. Write down what you're willing to give up, three to five things. And what's going to be necessary to make that outcome true? Because what most people do is they work from what they have to get what they want, but they never really quite get there. Because if what they have was enough to get what they wanted, they'd already be there. So we have to work from what we truly want. What, what are those things? Start, start with that underutilized tool and that, that underdeveloped muscle that we all use so well as children when we were playing dress up and answering the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Who do you want to be? How do you want to live? And we were imagining the the, the uh, palatial estates and the, all the cars and every, everything that was in your mind, the great, the great relationship, if you're a woman, you were imagining maybe your wedding or your children or your family or a career that was going to go great. If you're a man, you were imagining maybe where you were living, the, the car that you were driving, you may, may have had the calendar. But the, at some point, that imagination gets put away like a, a tool that's not useful because people stop asking you for it. They ask you for that logical side of your brain where you can problem solve and where you can show up and help them. Um, so just start to use that imagination to think about what you want and why you want it. Like what, what kind of income do you truly want to make and what would that do for you? What would be different? Some people are saying, oh, I want to make a hundred thousand a year. I've never made a hundred thousand a year. The average income in the U S is about 55,000. Only 14% of people make hundred thousand a year. I really want to do that. I want you to tell me exactly, exactly what you would do with 8,000 a month rather than 4,000. How would that, how would that change your life? And why is that an absolute necessity right now? Why are you willing to do without so that you don't have to do without in the future? Why are you willing to live like no one else so you can live like no one else as Dave Ramsey talks about, right? Um, so the second thing, what are, the, what are the tools and resources that you're going to need in order to make the things that you want happen? Not the tools and resources that you have because we're not there anymore. We're not working that way. We're not working from what we do and what we have to get what we can. We're working from what we want, what we must have, right? We're going to get the tools and resources on board and then we're going to do uh, what we do is going to be shaped with a direct connection to what we want. We're not going to have wasted activity. We're going to move from left to right now instead of right to left. We're no longer going to work from what we have to hope to get what we want and do and do and hope it comes true, right? We're going to we're going to create an uh, we're going to create a new environment in our mind where it's going to become so real in our mind that it starts to appear in our life just like the first time when I bought a car. I I bought I finally bought the car I wanted. I had the car I wanted. Oh, I buy it. I start driving it back. I see it everywhere, right? 
I see it everywhere. But if I had done my work the way I needed to, I would have seen that car everywhere before because it would have been like I was already driving it. But I was invested in my crappy bronze Nissan Altima. And I saw those everywhere. And I was like, why don't we just set them all on fire, <laughs> right? But when I got my first Beamer, my 5.0i, 480 horsepower, space gray with tinted windows, it was, it was beautiful. And nobody had one until I was driving back where everybody had one. <laughs> and it was so frustrating. But that's, that's how we're going to start to cultivate that imagination. We're going to start to look at the resources because now we know the resources we need. What resources do we need? I need more help. I need more help. I need, I'm a parent. I need more time. I need more time, right? That's a really great one. And there's a lot of really great ways of doing that. But if you have to get this thing over here and the resource you need is more time, don't take that time away from billable hours for your work or billable hours for your family, like valuable hours for your family. Find that time and make that agreement with, if you're married, make that agreement with your spouse, make the agreement with your children, bring them into the fold and make it, make it a family mission if you have a family, right? And just say, hey, after you go to bed, just so you know, I'm going to start doing work again because I'm working for this for our family and here's what you can count on and here's the timeline that I'm looking to do it on and let's, let's go, let's move and here's a reward for you helping me do that. And, and that's, my son is completely bought into our lifestyle. He knows some seasons it is work. It is we get after it. He knows some seasons it's like today, right? But what does he get in return? To surf in Costa Rica, <laughs> like to go on this massive fishing trip and catch a 120 pound sailfish, to be able to snowboard uh, it, in Colorado in the champagne powder, to have his own snowboard, to be able to go to a school that's going to provide him with the best opportunity in the future, to have it, to have choices he wants without being spoiled right? To have accountability, but reward, right? And, and that's, those are the, you, you suddenly turn on your creative genius when you have to have something. And when you're looking for those resources and then pick the five to seven things that you, that you, you're going to get done that day. And the tool that I would tell people to use, we've got, I've got two tools that you're going to hear more about. One is called S3 and it's actually a framework for uh, starting to work from instead of what you have from what you want and starting to build that. And uh, I mean, not only has this been vetted by, uh, by professionals in the field, but it's also uh, vetted by a ton of data that points to this being an incredible tool. And then we have our anecdotal evidence of people literally changing their lives because of regular practice with their tool and their commitment and dedication to it. The other thing is uh, the, uh, what I call the whole life formula if you want a simple tool that's going to help you in 10 minutes a day, not only line out your day, but get started the right way, it's, going to, it's, it's about taking 10 minutes to write down 10 gratitudes. 10 minutes, 10 gratitudes. And then three things that you must not do in order to show up at your best today. And three things that you must do to show up at your best today. That's going to set your mind right. It's going to, it's going to you know the things that you can't do. You know that for me, I know I can't go on YouTube shorts when I'm supposed to be working because there goes an hour, <laughs> right? There goes an hour. I know I can't do that. I know that's something I, that has to be on my list of must not do. I know that one of the things on my must do list is exercise on a regular basis because I don't receive energy. I create energy. And the way I create energy is by expending it. When there's a need in my body, it's going to create more 
it's going to create more. When I create a bigger need, it's going to create more. And that's pretty much how, how that works. So using that, um, using that whole life formula is a great place to start. We'll talk more about S3 in the future. You guys are going to love that tool and it's going to impact so many of you who are dedicated and committed to not only the outcomes, but the process. And listen, you can have all the tools, you can have all the frameworks and just sit on them. You, you can be, you can be in that place. You went, capture that magic of the moment. When you feel energized, rely on that, lean into that in such a big way. A lot of people start with no momentum. You probably have some momentum and you've procrastinated it on it in the past. Don't do that. Lean into, lean into when you feel that spark, when you feel that energy, lean into that and do something massive. Do something massive and don't tell people about what you're going to do. This isn't a sci-fi movie where you're talking about the future. You can report what you've done or tell people what you did, but you can't tell people what you're going to do, right? You hold yourself accountable for that and get better at holding yourself accountable over time because when it's the right time, you will do it. And for you, I bet now is the time. Thank you all for joining our conversations. We're developing this platform for simple, profound tools and techniques that can help you get the best out of your life and more importantly, unlock potential. You can find me across all social platforms at The Brian Delaney and online. Come visit us at thebriandelaney.com.